We had a good one on Monday Night Football in the Minnesota Vikings knocking off the San Francisco 49ers. How that shakes up the Week 8 power rankings and getting midseason. Time to check in on those playoff seedings as well heading into Week 8. We've got trade action in the NFL. All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at the Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day, shout out to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of PNW is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, a doozy on Monday Night Football. Some unexpectedness uh, to finish up a very unexpected scoreboard week, I think, in week seven in the NFL. And it was the Minnesota Vikings knocking off the San Francisco 49ers 22-17. to 17. And uh, what a performance by Kirk Cousins. 35 of 45 passing, 378 passing yards, a couple of touchdowns. Did have the early interception that because of a Christian McCaffrey fumble did not end up hurting the Vikings. Uh, did hurt the San Francisco 49ers, putting them down early, and they were not able to crawl back in this one, Matt. Yeah, I didn't see this coming. I picked the Niners to win big, but that place was loud, rambunctious, a game the Vikings absolutely had to have. Give them all the credit in the world. I thought they were the better team. Um, a couple nuggets is Jordan Addison. I want to give him some credit too because Ryan McDowell and I on Locked on Dynasty often go back and forth that I'm too low on Addison. And last night sure proved that maybe I am. I mean, I, I kind of looked at him as a a piece of an offense, not a top 20 type wideout. And maybe I'll be right, but I was not high on him, but I want to give him all the credit in the world. And you mentioned Cousins. I mean, BP, I know you're not a huge hockey guy, but I was looking at this game through your eyes last night anytime I watched the Niners and kind of felt like when your team in hockey faces off against a super hot goalie, it's kind of a helpless feeling like, boy, we're doing everything, but this goalie is just stoning us time and time again. I thought Cousins was the hot goalie last night. You know, when and the, you know when a quarterback is playing as sharp and as hot as Cousins was last night, you're going to lose no matter who you are eight out of ten times. You know what I mean? Are we at the point with Kirk Cousins that, I mean, not only do we have to give him credit, he was awesome last night. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's had a really good career. We've seen what Justin Jefferson has done. You take Justin Jefferson out, and then yeah. now you have Addison, the rookie, going for 100 and, what was 170, 123, seven catches, 123. Yeah. Uh, That's two a game for a bit. Pulled Pulled one of them away from a from a defender that could have been an interception. So that was a double doozy there. Not only is it not a pick, which is a game changer, it's a, it's a game changer the other way and ends up being a touchdown. That was a that was the biggest play of the game from the from the Minnesota Vikings there just before the half to put another seven on the board. I mean, a huge play by by Jordan Addison, um, and then Adam Thielen before him, and you know going back to Washington is should we talk about Kirk Cousins more in the Matthew Stafford vein of not so much like 
you know, ranking the two quarterbacks or whatever, or whatever tier they're mm-hmm. in. I think right now in their stages of their careers, they're probably kind of in the same tier currently in the NFL. Um, but he's a, you want to be Kirk Cousins, number one target. You want to be Matthew Stafford's number one target. Cause you know, you have a capable passer who's going to find you. It's going to give you opportunities to make plays and is going to produce in your fantasy league. So, you know, let this be a lesson. Wherever Kirk Cousins goes, go draft his number number one receiver in your fantasy leagues next year. That's a great point. I mean, he certainly feeds the right people. And, you know, Hawkinson was the second leading receiver. Those are the guys you want to touch the ball. You know, you're not throwing it to, you know, the fourth guy or dumping it to fullbacks or any of that kind of nonsense. And I do think Cousins unfairly gets judged. I mean, He's so much better than Jimmy and Carr and those type of guys. I mean, he probably is on the same tier as a Stafford after these last couple of years. The bottom of that tier, in my opinion. But maybe I should do a top 10 quarterbacks, and I think he would make it. You know I mean? Like, it's hard to come up with 10 quarterbacks who are better football players than Kirk Cousins right now. Yeah, is he the bottom of tier two instead of the top of tier three? Is kind of yeah, well, I think so. Where he's he's at, which is which could be the difference of one ranking or zero rankings, really, as far as you rank him against other quarterbacks in the NFL. But where's that tier break? Is is probably mm-hmm. the question with Cousins because we've had the Cousins tier for so long, and he was like the poster child of the Garoppolo Car tier, and right now he looks like he's in a different tier than those guys for sure. Much better, much better. I mean, he can, I don't say he can carry his team, but he elevates his team as opposed to being a passenger on the train. You know what I mean? And a couple of Vikings notes. I want to talk Niners with you too. They've won three of their last four. They're only lost against the Chiefs by seven points. I mean, there's no harm in that. I think Flores deserves a lot of credit with an untalented defense. I mean, he blitzes like crazy, but no matter what his strategy, the defense is not embarrassing. I mean, the most points they've given up in the last four weeks during this three out of four winning streak is 27, you know, and they're all right around 20. I mean, that keeps you viable. Uh, they didn't have much of, neither team had much of a pass rush in this game. Time of possession was huge for the the Vikings and they won the turnover battle. Although the last one was kind of a desperate throw that, you know, Purdy was just trying to get the game, you know, it was desperation time. So are you worried about the Niners, Purdy, injuries, just tough environment, tough couple of weeks. What do you think? Yeah. The 49ers roster is too good to say that injuries are a big part, mm-hmm. of it, you know, because t- team w- without Debo and without Trent Williams, there's what 20 teams that would kill for the roster still, you know, of course, I mean? of course yeah. I, you, you can't put it on injuries. Um, I think you do lose a lot of explosion in the passing game. We noticed it like going from Debo to Juwan Jennings, Juwan Jennings, you, you can time his routes on a sundial. And, and I think, Oh yeah. Interceptions was kind of become. I've been talking about Jennings as he, they they should move him to the tight end room two years ago, um, just because of that reason. And he's a good player and he's a good blocker for a wide receiver. But you you know you write down his scout report and say, well, it sounds like a move tight end more than a wide receiver. So maybe he's in the wrong meeting room every week because you need more explosion if you lose a guy like Debo in your offense. So I think maybe that's part of it. Um, but they've just gotten beat the last two weeks. And uh, I was impressed by the Browns last week. I was impressed by the Vikings this week. The Vikings won up front against the 49ers and and so so did the Browns last week. So those are really important things. And we talk a lot about quarterbacks, but um, it it was a team effort there for the, for the Vikings. And yeah, 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 the the Vikings won two in a row, three out of four. 
uh, this is a much better team than it looked like to start the year. And in the 49ers, Nick Bosa talked about it after the game. They might have peaked a little bit in week five. And that was like we were trying to nitpick the 49ers after five weeks. Like this looks like the best team in the NFL, like fit them for their rings. You know, that's how good they look. And it was like, man, you don't want to peak in week five. You want to peak in in January. And so um, th- I'm not worried about the 49ers at all, but it's a it's a wake-up call for them, and they've got to figure some things out on both sides of the ball. I hated the Wilks. By the way, we talked about the biggest play of the game with Jordan Addison. I hated it from the 49ers' side that late in the half to, to bring six rushers. You're trying to add more pass rush and then you allow yourself to have one-on-ones on the back end and the one thing you can't allow happen right there's a big play touchdown right before the half so um that's uh i didn't love that but that's because they had to manufacture pressure and the 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 vikings do have and i knew this going into the game the vikings do have one of the better and maybe the best when you consider left and right tackle bookend offensive tackles in the league oh that line played great and o'neill and reisner stepped in for ezra cleveland and probably looked better at left guard he was he was so yeah, the, their line played great. Uh, I was impressed by the Vikings. This is a, this is a much better football team, even without Justin Jefferson. I was surprised how much better they looked than earlier in the year. I meant to bring up a line. I'm glad you did because I don't think it's. I know it's not Eagles Lions, but I think it's a tier two line, and the tackle tandem's tremendous. The interior is not the liability it used to be, and this just comes across as a well coached football team. And I don't know who their own line coach is, but he's doing good stuff for sure. And I've mentioned Flores, and I think O'Connell is a keeper. You know, I mean, I know he's a young coach, but I love his demeanor. And yeah, they had a really rough start of the year, but good coaches figure out, you know, how to overcome that stuff. And I think the Vikings are now doing that. Um, back to the Niners real quick. I think they'll win the division still. I know they'll go to the playoffs. I know they'll be a really hard out and certainly could win the Super Bowl. But they got Bengals and Jacksonville in the next two weeks. I mean, the October might not be their friend when we look back at things, you know? It's not an easy stretch for the 49ers right now at all. And uh, you're right on O'Connell. And and I think that's where the 49ers are now, where the Vikings were after week two, after week three, you know, where you Mm -hmm. got to adjust the adjustments. And so now we'll see how the 49ers maneuver that and and improve on on what they've seen the last two weeks. And some other teams have some film on maybe how they're going to attack the San Francisco 49ers. So definitely something to monitor going forward. How does this change? The playoff picture now as we hit midseason in the 2023 NFL season, power rankings as well, I think, shaken up quite a bit for uh, the 49ers and especially where you have to put the Vikings right now versus where they've been in the power rankings. All that and more. And we got trades. Kevin Byard is an eagle. Yeah, how about that? Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's really easy. All you do is you add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile And it spreads the word that you're hiring. And then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on just the right candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And look, I'm on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. Everyone's already on LinkedIn. So why not go to where the job seekers and job job havers that might not even realize they're job seekers until they see your posting already are. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn helps LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free 
at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is also brought to you by prize picks. The Easiest and most fun you will have playing daily fantasy sports this football season. Prize picks, uh, you can win up to 25 times your money this football season, and it's super easy. You select two or more players, and you pick more or less on their projected stats at prize picks. And you just go through the app, you go to prizepicks.com, you look at what the projections are, and you say, yeah, you know what? Kirk Cousins, I think he's going to go nuts on Monday Night Football. So you pick the more than on the passing yards. You like the uh, Jordan Addison with his with the number one receiver out. The new number one, that's always a nice place to go for the more than on receiving yards. So turn $10 into $250 in just a few taps at Prize Picks and injury insurance as well at Prize Picks. It's something that no other daily fantasy sports platform is doing right now, offering injury insurance because price picks reboot policy that means your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for nfl games and college football top 25 matchups if you have a player who starts the game healthy uh gets hurt in the first half doesn't return in the second that player is rebooted and all you have to do to play is go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl or download the app and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, let's let's go to the trade. This is the big news of the day. And uh, Monday, sometime before Monday Night Football, the Tennessee Titans have traded safety, star safety, Kevin Byard to the Philadelphia Eagles. It was the most obvious need that the Eagles had, a playmaker in the back end of that secondary and the deal as um, as constructed is Terrell Edmonds going the other way to Tennessee, along with a fifth round and a sixth round pick. Matt, uh, this has given me vibes for the Philadelphia Eagles just utilizing the Tennessee Titans as their farm team. AJ Brown and now <laughs> he looked pretty good. Imagine if you're a Titans fan two years ago and you're like, hey, guess what? Your two best players, uh, one on each side of the ball, we're going to send them and really get nothing for it to uh, to another franchise and go help them make the Super Bowl and, you know, help them probably climb to the top of the power rankings right now uh, in the NFL and, and certainly in the NFC. So what do you think about this move for um, for both the Titans and the Eagles swapping Kevin Byard for, for Terrell Edmonds? Yeah, and, and let's start with Tennessee. I mean, they are – Dumping contracts, I think they're coming very quickly to the realization that they're far from a contender right now. I mean, they have two wins. Tannehill's hurt. They're coming off their bye. I don't think he's going to play when they host the Falcons this week. I'm sure Atlanta's favored in that game. They should be. And then they have a super short week and come here to Pittsburgh on Thursday night. So there's a really good chance you go back-to-back games with one of the the young, highly drafted quarterbacks. I still don't know who that's going to be. And I would guess that doesn't go so great. So I really think Tennessee, much to Vrabel's chagrin, I'm sure, are kind of cashing it in and pushing their chips and, you know, and saying getting out, which I think is the right move. I love it for the Eagles, though. I mean, their safeties and back seven to me are lackluster. They didn't give up a ton. It's a contract situation. Bayard still has a lot left in the tank. Um, you know they're an aggressive front office and will go make moves if they feel like there's a weakness anywhere. you got to love that mentality. And I think adding him to that team goes a long way. 
by the way, Kevin Byard is probably as excited about as uh, about this as anyone because he grew up in Philly. His oh, family, did he? Yeah, his family are all Philadelphia Eagles fans and stayed Eagles fans even when he was on the Titans and they would root for him. But they're all still Eagles fans. So that's pretty amazing for Kevin Byard for this particular team to be the 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 franchise he's traded to. I I absolutely hate this for the Titans because and it's obviously it's a great fit for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. But they and great job by Howie Roseman. Uh, this is um, it's a I don't it's half assed I think for the Titans because all they did they didn't get what they needed back they they didn't need Terrell Edmonds I don't know why Edmonds is part of the deal was it was it kind of a throw in like in fantasy like hey we're gonna cut Edmonds if we bring in Bayer do you want him well yeah and so all they did was get, allow Edmonds to have value in return even though it doesn't help you because what they needed was draft picks. So it was almost like them saying, oh, but we're still going to be competitive, so we needed a player. And the Eagles get a free upgrade and get the clearly better. Like If you listen to Eagles fans, they're like, oh, my gosh, this guy's terrible. And so – Edmonds. Uh, yeah, Edmonds. And yeah. so uh, – and I know you've seen Edmonds. So um, – I, I don't know. It's been his worst year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so to be honest with you, if the Titans made a move like this, what they needed to do is – get the best picks possible. So what they ended up doing is getting a mediocre safety who's not going to really help them long-term, but they put value in what he gave them in return as part of the trade. And so they get some late picks. And so I, I don't think it helps the Titans. And I think it's the Titans trying to, it's the Titans are in this mode where they're going to be competitive because they're not going to tank. I don't think fully, but, and this is a signal that they're, going to do it wrong i think because they're going to just limp along and still be bad because they they didn't actually make as drastic a move as they needed to if you're going to trade a big time player you need to be able to get a big time return and they're guaranteed not to get that now yeah and what was the terms of the deal i'm sitting here it looking through Edmonds it and a fifth and a sixth okay with Ed, Edmonds, a fifth and a sixth so like so this was actually you know what this was this was howie roseman doing the madden thing where you go in Madden and you just add, you keep Another adding fifth, the right fifth. side of the trade until the other team <laughs> accepts it, right? And and you get you give as little as possible, but you you add enough bricks to where it adds up to a total that the other team will accept. So hate this move for the Titans, love this move for the Eagles. Yeah, you would think you could get more. I mean, I don't know if this is true, but if the deal was. We'll give you a fifth and sixth for Bayard, and both teams agree on it. And then Howie says, we're going to cut Edmonds. You want him as a throw-in anyway? Sure. But I bet it isn't. I bet you're right. You know, I mean, instead of a fifth, a sixth, and Edmonds, I'd rather have a third. You know? Exactly, yes. You know what I mean? Maybe they do all add up on the trade chart to a third, but they're, you'd rather have the third. <laughs> you know what I mean? As for Edmonds, real quick, thumbnail. He was a great tester coming out. He was an inning eater for the Steelers, played a ton of snaps, makes very few plays. He's not a huge liability, but he also has really bad ball skills and doesn't impact the game hardly at all. And I, from what I understand, this has been his worst year to date in Philly. And by the way, uh, shout out to Tyler Rowland and, uh, and Gino and Louie, the hosts of Locked on Titans and Locked on Eagles. This trade before it happened uh yesterday morning in the in the locked on dms and in the group chat where all the hosts are are together chatting they had this trade hammered out and and then two hours later two hours later it happened so that was that's cool that's cool it was it was such an obvious need and so uh props to those hosts for recognizing that that was a perfect match there for kevin byard now a philadelphia eagle love that move 
True or false? Derrick Henry will finish the season in Tennessee. False. I think false. I mean, if I'm the Ravens, I'll go after Derrick Henry. The Bills. And then do you like like so for the for the Ravens, they're like, oh, oh, but here's Gus Edwards and some late yeah, round. And a you know seventh. I mean? And uh, I'll throw in a next year's seventh. Yeah. <laughs> or is it like <laughs> you get do you get something? And, and so that's where if you're the Titans. Um, you really hope he gets. And I know there was, you know, some weird contractual stuff with with Bayard, and he wasn't going to be long term there mm-hmm. anyway. But you can get a, a comp pick better than what they got in return if that's the case. If you just exactly. let him walk, in, unless you have to cut him, because I know there's restructuring of his contract because his his number cap number is huge. I think he has three mil left this year, so uh, I don't know if it's more of a rental uh, for the for the uh, you know for the like if you were if you were going to cut him and you couldn't get any other offers, then maybe it makes sense for the Titans. But otherwise, yeah. I mean, they get Scott very little is the bottom line. Yeah, d- d- don't love it. It's, a, it's yeah. a great move for the for the Philadelphia Eagles, though. Absolutely. And how does it change? How does week seven, how does this trade change things in uh, not only the playoff picture now midway through the season, but also the power rankings in the NFL for week eight next? This episode of... Peacock and Williamson brought to you by Game Time and the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Should be fun. Should be exciting. And get rid of all that hassle when you're buying tickets with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying t- tickets. Uh, game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the football games, basketball games, baseball games, any sporting event. Music, you know, concerts, comedy, theater events near you, whatever it is, Game Time has them up to the time and even beyond the time of the beginning of that event. You can see your view of your seat before you buy. You know exactly what to get. All in prices with the total upfront. So you know you're getting a great deal without those hidden fees, which is the most annoying part of buying tickets for anything these days. And so quick to buy the tickets in the app in just a couple of taps. And the the tickets are always there for you in the app. So you don't have to go fishing through your emails once it is time for you to arrive at the event. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. After the big win over the Miami Dolphins, and now trading for Kevin Byard, Matt, do the Philadelphia Eagles rise to number one in the week eight power rankings for you? Um, I didn't do 32, but I kind of looked at the top and I looked at the bottom. And my top four, with no clue who would be five, would be Kansas City. Boring. They're back. They figured it out. Mahomes yeah. is good. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Defense is playing great. I, I had the listeners yes. say that we need to go even further. So maybe we're going to have to talk more about their D on the mailbag show tomorrow. I heard someone say this is the best D Mahomes has ever had, and I think that's true. You know, I mean, if a guy like Rasheed Rice can step up, they're going to be a real handful. But they're one for me. I was torn still between the Niners and Philly for two, but I went with Philly two, San Fran three. Certainly some recency bias, of course, but that's what this is about. Yeah. And Baltimore four. I think Baltimore's pretty strong at four. Who's five? I went Buffalo, Miami, Dallas. Eh, I'm not high on any of those teams at the moment. I had it the exact same with the top four. Uh, I still put Detroit at five, but you got to put them behind okay. the Ravens because what the Ravens did to them this yeah. week. Uh, and I had Philly one and and KC two with, with San Francisco three. So that's how I had it at the top that with the top five. And 
I think um, I agree with you on the Lions four or five. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm one go one bad far. game. You, you can't throw everything else right. out. One bad game. By the way, here's a note on uh, I, I, one of the fascinating things about Monday Night Football was the whole Kirk Cousins angle of he's terrible in, in primetime games, big games, right. can't right. win those. And, you know, so he got one. So one, you, you put one check mark on the on the uh, big game, the primetime side for for Kirk Cousins winning on Monday Night Football and having an awesome game and being the, one of the biggest reasons they they won that football game. Um, but uh, I think we talked we talked about the quarterback tiers and and you know Goff and and Cousins are kind of in a very similar spot I think in 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 those tiers in those quarterback rankings in the NFL and uh, seeing Goff just and seeing how the the Lions got tore up by the the Ravens this week Jared Goff has played exactly twelve home games and twelve away games over the last two seasons at home he's got thirty two total touchdowns twenty two point one fantasy points per game this is from Scott Barrett he does a lot of fantasy stuff yeah he does great work which would be about quarterback five in the NFL in in home games in away games. 10 total touchdowns, so a third of the scores, and half the fantasy points per game. He's quarterback 32 uh, is what he would rank against the rest of the league in those away games. So the wow. home away thing is just huge for Jared Goff, and we saw that against the Ravens this week. So that does worry me for the uh, for the Lions, especially if you have to go on the road in the playoffs. Without question. I mean, the discrepancy is massive. And I've always – this is hard on – let's be honest. I, I've always called him the ultimate fair-weather quarterback. And I mean, you know, with the Rams and Lions, he never had to deal with weather. And I mean it more than just if it's raining out, if it's cold out. I also mean who's around you and your environment and home versus road and things of that nature. But this year, several times on this podcast, I came around saying, I think he's better than that now. You know, and I even picked the Lions to plus three, you know, to cover in Baltimore saying, I think road golf might be dead, you know, that there might, that he might've overcome that. And this last week doesn't hold that argument real strong. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't add to that evidence no. at all. Uh, and by the way, like ho-hum, here we are week eight in the NFL season. Who are the one seeds in the AFC and the NFC? Who are the only teams with six wins in the NFL? It's the teams that were yeah. in the Super Bowl last year, the chiefs Boring. and the Eagles. How about this though, Matt? The Pittsburgh Steelers currently five seed in the AFC at four yeah, and two, man. ahead of the Browns, ahead of the Bills, who are barely hanging on to the seven seed at four and three, and the Houston Texans just right behind them at, at the eight seed, and now the the Minnesota Vikings, who are I think like twenty seven in our power rankings uh, as a network last week. I mean, you have to bring the the Vikings up. And the Vikings right now are still only three and four, but they they would be the eight seed with tiebreakers. In the NFC right now, and the Niners wow. and the Niners are three, Falcons are four, and I think there's a pretty big gap in talent between those teams. So, pretty wild what's going on in playoff seating as you see this start to play out midseason. Yeah, and again, recency biased, but I do think that they're the Vikings are one of the best seven teams in the NFC. I mean, I would probably put them on a tier with like Seattle or better than anyone in the South. You know. Um, maybe not quite the Dallas's level, but they're one of the best seven. And I don't know if the Steelers will hold on, but I do know that the Steelers and Falcons chances of making it, you know, the guys are give you a percentage and et cetera, went up the most this past week. Atlanta getting a win in division is huge for them. By the way, chargers 14 seed currently in, uh, in the AFC behind teams it like is. Titans and the Raiders and just ahead of the the Pats and uh, and the Broncos. 
bottom of the power rankings really quick, Matt. How do you see that? The Panthers have still not won. Everybody won. And, and and the Panthers didn't play. So they're the only teams that, that don't benefit from all the all the scoreboards we saw that were very interesting in, in week seven. So Panthers still 32, I assume, for you? Yeah, I have Panthers 32, Arizona kind of where you thought they would after four-game losing streak at 31. And then I don't know. I mean, the Bears, Giants, Patriots. Uh, Broncos. Broncos. They all won. You know, they, won. They, they all won. And – I'm not ready to put Green Bay or the Chargers in that neighborhood, but I do think, I forget who I was chatting with, that the Packers and Chargers are the most disappointing teams in the league. I mean, like, they're underperforming and really unimpressive. I just pulled this up at Tankathon. This is the draft order, if that helps at all. Carolina picks one, which goes to the Bears. Arizona's now at two, and Kyler Murray might play this week. Who knows? The Bears are at three. Denver four, Giants five, New England six. And then you get to Green Bay and the Chargers. I mean, like, so I think there's a pretty strong bottom six. I just don't know who's, how to decipher them or are any of these teams ready to turn it around? I lean towards no. Can somebody turn it around like the Vikings have in the last three or four weeks? Um, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, I'm not feeling either. That's tough, man, to be honest with you. It's Mm -hmm. the... It's almost like the middle class is growing in the... Are we getting close to the 90s where it's just like, all right, if you're not in one of these four franchises, you're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. Are, are we getting close to that right now with, with teams, how aggressive they are, adding pieces, the trade deadline, throwing money in the offseason at their at their teams? It's starting to feel a little bit more like that than the parody we've seen. The parody is all in the middle right now. Yeah, and I guess my last question to you is... Are the Bills still in that upper tier? I mean, it's been a rough stretch here for them. Two out of three losses, and their only win was a narrow primetime win over the Giants. Their defense looks broken. Their window's closing quick. I mean, it could, they could actually be a trade deadline buyer, but I wonder if they're one of those four teams, if there is one. You know what I mean? Man, and and those NFC or those AFC East schedules are, are rough. Ooh. So, um, you know, could a team like the Cincinnati Bengals knock them right out right because sure if the browns and the and the if, if the if the south or if the afc north ends up sending three teams to the playoffs which they would today if the season ended ravens steelers and browns and then the cincinnati Bengals get into the mix as well and have a record that's better than the bills because they're you know half a game out right now because the, the Bengals had a uh, had a bye this week um yeah it's the Bills are in danger zone, and they've been They're so up and down. they got to stack more of the good games together because they've played too many bad ones this year. I'm glad you brought the Bengals because they could be a sleeping giant. But um, I, I urge people to go to sumersports.com. There's a lot of good numbers there. They're statisticians. And their strength of schedule remaining, which is all based off EPA, Bengals have the hardest remaining schedule, followed by Washington and then the Bills. So I don't know if the Bengals and Bills go to the playoffs. Um, just real quick, one last note on the bottom of the power rankings. We didn't mention the team the Bears beat this week and the Raiders, and I know the Raiders have they three wins. Too. Yeah, they're pretty bad, and uh, they're I think they're down. They're I think they're so you look at the Vikings that are three and four. You look at the Raiders that are three and four. Uh, after what I've seen, really all season and especially recently, I would I would take the Vikings a hundred times out of a hundred against the Raiders right now. Yeah, yeah. And again, I 
when I looked at the bottom power ranks, Carolina was 32, Arizona was 31. And then I had six teams listed and the Raiders were in that mix. And so same with Tennessee. I mean, I think Tennessee might be one bad loss from being in that mix too. And especially if you start getting rid of guys like Derek, exactly. exactly. playing yeah. Willis or Levis all year. That's yeah, that, that gets, They're you start on the losses for sure. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate all of you everydayers out there and all of the new listeners. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. It's mailbag time at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL on Twitter, or drop a question in the YouTube comments. Matt and I back tomorrow. Peacock and Williamson.